Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Modern Conservative Podcast, and I'm your host, Jonathan Harvey. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 15th of February. It is Black History Month. And I want to say thank you to my favorite African-American, Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> for you guys who don't know, he's a great innovator. Yes, and I'm a fan of his, and he's from South Africa. So if you're wondering why I said that, there you go. African-American mean doesn't mean just because you're black in my world. Uh, today, I have a special guest on with me. Um, he's a Utah State representative um, from um, San Juan County down here in Utah. And uh, he is a legend in San Juan County. Um, his name is Mr. Phil Lyman. Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Glad to be on. Phil, you know, I met you a few weeks ago up at the Capitol, and everybody said, dude, you got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy. I said, I, I'm supposed to talk to everybody. But now I will tell you, I'm glad I did. Because I read your bio before you came on, a little bit of history about you. you you're the rock star of San Juan County. Phil, so tell us, what was your trigger point to get into politician and, and really... <laughs> get into the world of crazies? Well, down in Blanding, I guess if we, if we want to jump straight to the trigger point, we had some, uh, some, some raids in 2009 uh, where the Bureau of Land Management uh, came in and, and basically a show of force and a, a demonstration and exercise is what it was. And uh, they raided the homes of 26 people in Blanding, uh, all, all spurred on by um, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, uh, Grand Canyon Trust, some of these big environmental groups, Wilderness Society. And when you, you know, when it happens, you don't know what's going on. But then over the next uh, few months, you dig into it and you find out a little bit more who's behind it, what's happening. And, and then you ask for a response, you know, from mm-hmm. the governor or from even your county commissioners, the senator. Uh, and you don't get a lot of response. My, and my, my reaction on that was... Uh, I was, it made me really, uh, made me really nervous to see what the federal government could do and even more so what they were willing to do. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going to run for county commissioner and, and at least maybe in the future, if they, if they have some conflict, they'll be dealing with an elected official instead of, you know, just um, regular citizens who didn't have the political backing or whatever to to take them on so that's kind of where i came from and so i ran for mm-hmm. county commissioner and I was county commissioner in san juan county for eight years by the end of it i'd done 10 days in jail and uh, <laughs> did a protest and 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 and, and i'm not you know i'm a, I'm a cpa i'm a mild-mannered accountant i, I don't know <laughs> people always you know all growing up is just like oh you're such a nice person oh you're so nice and <laughs> and i never really liked that it's just like well i'm not i don't aspire to be nice i aspire to you know, do something by the end of my county commission it's like you're such uh-huh. a horrible awful person and a firebrand <laughs> and so uh but, but yeah down on my end of the state people who understand the bureau of land management um and, and some have had some experience with them they, they really respect uh what i did to to stand up to them and i didn't do it alone i was there was you know five five or six hundred people there with me on the i remember that protest so and it was a very legal protest as well so then the then the you know the castigating that took place by the u.s attorneys and the, and the department of justice and the media everything after that uh kind of solidified in people's heads that 
um, that maybe they were dealing with some nefarious actors on the other side. Now, that was the Obama, administra- Obama administration, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Because from what I re- can recollect was that they wanted more land for the federal government. Is that true? Uh, am I missing something? So it's all federal land. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in San Juan County, there's you know 8% private property. Everything else is either federal or state. But it's not, it's not sufficient just to own the land they want to. Uh, shut down extraction is what it comes down to and get cattle off the land. You know, you, you go back in their documents and they had, you know, no move by 92 and cattle free by 93. <laughs> and, and so this is nothing new. They want cows off the land. They want to shut down extraction. They want to um, basically control the land so that they can control the, the economy and the people in the area. And so it's, it's the environmental movement. It's been going for, well, for a long time, but kind of in earnest since 1976, when they passed the Federal Land Policy Management Act, and uh, and since then, it's just been a kind of a free for all for environmentalists to to shut down local economies out in the sticks, like landing. What particular animal was the uh, tree huggers trying to save? Is it a frog, <laughs> or was it a cricket, or what? Because it seemed like there's always some animal oh, that's protected. Yeah, I, I've got a map. I need to I need to show you this map sometime because it's it's got the layers of protection and you get down so they, so they you know so they want to protect the, the natural scenery. They want to protect the dark skies. They want to protect um, you know. Did you say the, the dark skies? The, the dark skies, yeah, because it's dark out at night, you know, and yeah, and if they're not careful, people get you know put lights all over the desert, and you'd end up with uh, you know losing that. But then the, the big one, so you got this little little piece of, of private property remaining this island of private property in San Juan County. So they designate a sage grouse uh, designation over the top of that. So um, the Gunnison sage grouse, which, which then kills all the oil leasing and stuff on what little private property there is. So it's, it's uh, blatant. The federal government and their cronies. That's literally what you have nowadays. Well, I want to change, change topic quickly. Speaking of the federal government, you know, this is an election year. And I think yeah. it's going to be very, very interesting, state and and federal. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering when it comes to election integrity, how much integrity is left in the elections nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> because I think this one's going to be a crazy one. Well, you know, when they when they start passing all these laws with an agenda, and I always say schemers are always 10 steps ahead of people of goodwill. You know, mm-hmm. we think, oh, that sounds that sounds benign. But if it's all playing into a into an, into an overall plan. So we're moving across the nation to mail in ballots. In fact, uh, you know, Utah <laughs> went to a 100 percent um, mail in ballot. If you're an active registered voter, they mail a ballot to you now. You don't have to go and, and do anything. But what they also do is uh, get a big list of inactive voters that are sitting there, and that turns into kind of a, you know, a line of credit that they can draw on if, <laughs> if their election's not going the way they want. And when I say they, I'm not talking about our local clerks. This is done at a pretty high level, right? Uh, and uh, and they start they, they start pulling inactive voter lists in, and and so going back to to the 2020 election. This isn't about the 2020 election. This is not our system. But if you go back and you analyze that you can see this like 
a very uh, oh orchestrated predetermined uh, outcome that's going in and the way the inactive voters are are coming in there you know to, to keep that line slowly moving in, in the direction that a certain group wanted it to go in. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then you say well how can that happen and then you get in to say well I, you can't look at the at the registration list you can't look at the voter rolls because the because the states signed a contract with a private nonprofit that said they won't allow that for legislators even though legislators are entitled to it by federal law and we say well why would you not allow us to look at that if we want to be able to match things up and it finally comes down to the conclusion that they don't want you to match things up somebody somewhere does not want you matching things up and and then they come out with the you know mark zuckerberg does this uh, election officials uh, defense fund you know and gives 50 million dollars to for all the clerks that are being sued which there are no clerks being sued what it turns into is a is a fund for attorneys to go after people like me who are or Steve Christiansen, anyone mm-hmm. that says uh, anyone that dares to say that uh, these elections maybe need to be audited or looked at or verified, then they uh, they have a, a pool of money to to fight that narrative and to buy off the, the media and everything else. So, yes, the cards are, the deck stacked against you if you're if you're calling for election integrity. You know, I've often wondered about you know the uh, 2020 election. And the particular the particular race I have I'm making reference to is the Ben McAdams and the Burgess Owens. You know, okay. we've been doing mail-in ballots in Utah for a long time. We really didn't have much of a problem until 2020. When that seat was a national seat that the Democrats really, really needed. Right. I mean, if people can't figure this out on their own, something happened there. Because it was the only seat in the state that we had a problem with when it comes to mail-in ballots. So I was speaking with Lou Moore. He was he's has he's putting forth a bill trying, yeah. trying to get these signatures, you know. And that's a whole I mean, I don't know how they're gonna get that done by the 15th, which is today actually. Um I I had people at my coffee shop that I go to morning every morning. Three people that listen to my podcast that I know of were going out trying to, they had the book and everything and trying to get signatures. My question to you is, do you think Utah is going to have the same problem? Because did we actually change anything from 2020 as of this session or last session? No, no, we haven't changed anything. You know, there's a, there's a couple of bills that are, that are in the works that could change some of that. And, and also. Is that your bill? I have a bill, but uh, there's also a bill that came out today that's a, it's a lot less aggressive than my bill, uh, but it's got kind of the lieutenant governor stamp of approval on. So they come in and they said things like, we're not going to allow any outside money into our election system. And I and it was just in committee meeting today. And I said, uh-huh. so I asked the question, well, what's wrong with outside money in the election system? Why would we do that? Why wouldn't we allow outside money? Kind of trying to set up the point. Um, and they, they kind of hummed and hawed. I said, well, the reason we don't allow it in is because it could affect the, uh, the outcome of the election. It could you know, affect how we conduct the election. But the problem I have is that in October, when Steve Christiansen and I uh, presented to, this, to, to the committee, we were uh-huh. accused of undermining democracy for suggesting that outside money could, could cause a problem. But if, it caused, if it's causing a problem in the future, so we're going to ban it from here on out, 
maybe it caused a problem in 2020 that we should still take a look at. And, and that's what people, they do not want to look at 2020. And, and, I, and I always say it's, it's not because we're trying to alter the outcome. It's because that's the last election. You've got to go back and say, what problems did we encounter? I don't know, John, you probably, <clears throat> like me, I mean, I stayed up and watched the election. I've never, uh-huh. I, I always watch the results come in. I've, I've never seen them term, you know, stop counting, and, you know, for two hours while, while they regroup. And that was a real, that's an anomaly in and of itself. That's one of those things you look at and say, that's, that's odd. I've never seen that happen. And then when, when they come back online, you know, the, the scores. The number swapped. Flipped and <laughs> but here's and the thing, though. That alone. What bothers me nowadays with the politicians in general, nobody wants to talk about it. There's a lot of guys that just do not want to hear um, that the election was stolen, you know, even on the Republican side. And I've said many, 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 many times, and I said it to public officials to their face. I said to them, you guys need to quit being cowards. We know there's some cheating going on. And if you want to stay in power, what if they cheat on your shift and in your election? And then you're the one running around saying they cheated when, you know, you cried wolf so many times. Nobody's listening now. Something needs to be etched in stone to stop what happened in 2020. And look, it just didn't happen in the presidential election. I'm sure it happened in other elections, but there were smaller elections. You know, at that particular time, the Democrats, I'll call them out for who they were, because that's who I believe was doing it. Mm-hmm. The Democrats needed every seat that they could get in 2020. And the only seat in this state that we had a problem with, a real problem with getting the votes in was Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams. I don't care what anybody says. We've been doing mail-in voting for many years, mm-hmm. many years. So if people don't want to use their common sense, and even if you call it call it substantial evidence, whatever you want to call it, there's a hint of cheating there. And as long as there is a hint of cheating, we need to do something about it. So your bill, you said yours is more aggressive. How much more aggressive is it? Well, the two things that mine does, I think, uh, that, that, are, that are essential. Number one is an external audit. Uh, and when I talk about an external audit, I'm just talking about somebody from outside the LG's office or the clerks association that would come in and, and, and you know, do a statistical data analysis and then follow those threads to see uh, where some of the issues are. And that would be for, for every election, you know, moving forward. Um, the other thing that it does is eliminates the, the mail-in ballot as the standard uh, voting, voting method in Utah. So instead of having your ballot show up in the mail as it does now if you wanted to mail in a ballot you would have to contact the clerk say hey look i'm going to be out of the country or i'm not able to come here's my driver's license number my social security number you know i am who i say i am this way i am and this is where i'm at and and why i can't vote in person and they would mail you a ballot and you would and that would be that would be your ballot that would be tracked right now they mail ballots out to everybody that they've got on their active voter voter rolls and uh, if those people have moved still get a ballot if they you know if uh, if they change their last name because they got married or whatever then both of them get a ballot and might be you know in different counties and say well we'll, we'll sort that out when all the ballots come in then what we found happened uh, 
I mean, across the across the board, that's that's a challenge. Now we're trying to match up signatures, trying to verify, trying to adjudicate ballots, trying to figure out, you know, is this what they really intended? Uh, and a clerk is deciding that, looking at the ballots, uh, figuring things out. And in other states, we've seen some some massive irregularities. Maricopa County was, uh, yeah, uh, you know, they just they're, they're they're showing it. You know, they said, well, we we stopped verifying signatures. So then they go back and they look at the ballots, and you got you know, 20,000 ballots that came in without a signature. Without a all, signature of them, yep. all of them passed right through without question because they said that they were under time pressure. Well, if that can happen in Maricopa using the exact same voting machines and voting system that Utah uses, then you have to say, well, that could happen in Utah as well. Whether it did or not, it could happen. So we've got to put some controls in place to, to address that. So, you know, so it gets, um, gets rid of it. That's the other thing in my bill, gets rid of mail-in ballots as, a, as the standard official voting methods. And then also you need, don't forget out, don't forget that clause in your bill where it says, uh, if you're black and you don't have an ID and you're over 16, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not put that in my bill, by the way. Those, those, uh, that language you is send it to me, I'll <laughs> sign it up. I'll put it in there because I get so flipping tired of hearing about blacks don't have ID. But they can go to the liquor store and buy beer. They can go buy cigarettes. There's enough of them on welfare. And and, it, and the last time I checked, when you go to a, a precinct to vote, precinct to vote, they don't have a black line with ID, a black line with ID, and then the white folks and then the Hispanics. Last time I checked, everybody voted the same at the same time. That's right. We all get in a line, single profile, in any particular. Uh, booth and vote. Yeah. So what I don't want to see here, you listen, Utah is a state that's highly white, you know, and then then you have the Hispanics. What I don't want to see is a bill in Utah that's been presented by a minority such as blacks saying that there's racial discrimination in Utah. And then we get some politician who has a goodwill heart, put a bill set forth based on racism in the state of Utah because they can't get to the voting poll or these bills are racist. This is a problem across the country. I am, as a black man, as a conservative black man, but most of all, as a black man, I get tired of hearing as if we are the most incapable people of getting crap done on this planet. And we always need help from the Democrats, especially they need help. We need help that benefits them and they are the Democrats. Right. And seeing this is the stuff I get tired of hearing about. Every two to four years, white folks are racist. I get sick and tired of hearing, you know, that we've been oppressed by the white man and their white power, white supremacy, white privilege. I mean, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and he said that, well, look at all these billionaires. They're all white. I said, do you realize that's a small percentage of people? Do you? And some of those people on that list, it's a worldwide list of the wealthiest people in the world. Hence the word world. I said, do you understand that's a small percentage of people? And he says, yeah, but they're still white. I said, well, let me ask you something then. Why are you worried about what the white man's making? How about this? Michael Jordan, Oprah Winfrey, Tiger Woods, 
Beyonce, Jay-Z, why do you have this conversation about them? Your own race is making all the money. Well, hell, they've got more than 90% of the people in this country, black, white, yellow, or brown. (laughs) And it's amazing how these people don't think about that when it comes to our own race. Well, it's it's one of the things that's been just, uh, you know, fostered with the media and everything else is this is this is that we're such a divided country and, and racist and, uh, and all these issues. And, and, and yeah, I think given again, in my county, down in San Juan County, we have a large, mm-hmm. you know, number of Native Americans and and, you know, my whole growing up, I mean, the school was about 50 50 in race uh, community was pretty much 50 50 blanding um, the county's about 50 50 it never it never felt to me like there was a, a big race issue and there's probably there was big cultural difference and probably an economic disparity and and all those things that are kind of resolving on themselves you know resolving themselves but uh, but to live there you know you just had your friends they were either navajo or Ute or white or whatever it might be and and now there's so much tension in San Juan County because of because of the federal government coming in and saying we've got to designate you know two million acre monument because because Navajos were discriminated against. It's like well if you want to if you want to you know take care of your treaty obligations to the Native Americans you should do that. Designating a monument and kicking them off from gathering wood and hunting there. I don't know how that satisfies the obligation that they have if you know treaty wise agreement wise to native americans but uh but that's that's the narrative you know that and the, the republicans aren't supporting the monuments because they don't like native americans and it's just it just turns it just turns of otherwise you know peaceful community into uh, people that see differences instead of friendships and as long as they can promote the difference and difference between blacks and white natives and whoever their their race they're trying to to split, you know, as long as we realize and we teach our children children that you're black and you're white, you're better, and you're not as good as the ones that are better than you. We're always going to have a problem, Phil. We're yeah. always going to have a problem, and they know this. Look, I'll be honest with you and candid. Up till two thousand eight, we were doing fine. We didn't have these kind of problems. Until Barack Obama showed up, took his black ass to the White House. Yeah, I know. We didn't true. have these problems. I, it's true. I, you know, and I think and my thing is, you know, oftentimes I'm asked, are you going to run for office? No, I'm not. Because one, I'm not ready. Two, I'm too much of a hothead. Because I believe what I believe and I know what I know. And what I don't know, somebody will eventually teach me. I'm not one of these people who think I know everything because I learn every single day. Right, right. You know, and in Utah, I love the state. I love what it's done for me. I love the freedom we have where I can go and hunt, fish, ride my toys out in the mountain, go to my property, kick up dirt. I love that about our state. And I'm a black man. I'm a black man in a white state. And so... People ask me, why is it you always defending white folks? I said, I'm not defending white folks. I'm educating those who don't know anything about the white folks because you're the ones that make the white man out to be evil when you don't realize conservative white man, Republican white man are the one that free the slaves. See, when they don't know their history, 
they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. Right. They don't so, know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. And at some point, at some point, you got to just start living your life and, you know, stop trying to tell other people what to do or what to think. That's the, everything that comes along, whether it's climate change or, or, <laughs> or vaccinations or masks or whatever, there's a, there's a common thread and it's that, Hey, we've got a problem. Therefore you've got to do what I tell you to do. And that's uh, environmentalism is, is, you know, is just well known for that. So they come out and they say, Hey, there's artifacts in San Juan County. Well, let's, uh, let's tell everybody what they can and can't do on public land, you know? <clears throat> and so then, then they make up this big narrative of, of abuse and, you know, looting and grave digging and graffiti and, and, and all of this, you know, destruction that it's just a crisis. And then of course they're the solution to that. And that solution requires some massive, you know, force of government to, to, to prove that they weren't just making this up and, and they hurt people. They hurt people. They destroyed people's lives. And, mm-hmm. and, if, and, we, and we've seen it happen. You know, if you, you have to go back and, and read, you know, the Gulag Archipelago, you know, see what Stalin and uh, Lenin, their tactics and, and you think, well, that could never happen in America. And I say, well, it's happening. You know, it's January happening. 6th, yeah. The January 6th stuff is just, you have people sitting in jail. And this is, this comes back to your question about, you know, why won't people stand up? It's like, well, they can see what happens when you stand up, you know, on, on some issue that's not uh, in favor with the media. They, they don't just, they don't just criticize you. They arrest you and put you in, in jail. I mean, they are literally the media Nazis for the Democrat party. Let me tell you that. I mean, they will cancel you, get you locked up and won't even regret it at all. You right. know, it's just like the Joe Rogan, for example. Yeah. They're trying to just, they're trying to not only cancel him, they're trying to eliminate him from the media podcast world. I mean, they went back because they couldn't get him on the ivermectin because he was telling the truth. They went looking for the N-word. Yeah. I'm thinking you people are lost your damn. Like I was speaking, you know, down at the preview of the night and at the end, I spoke up and said, you know, you know what I said. I'm true. Yeah. I truly mean it. I've told the Senate that I told those guys, listen, the minute you start getting and making bills according to your feelings and not the law and facts, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. You know, yeah, some of us are strong publicly and we speak out and we understand some of you guys can't say the things I say. You can't. I trust me. I know you can't. But right. there's a lot of things you can say, but you're afraid to say it because you may be construed as being a white supremacist or racist or just white privilege like you. I don't know, you know, but the thing is we've got to find a group of guys and that will say, look, I'm not a bigot. You can say what you want to say. This is the law. This is what the constituents want, whether they're black, white, yellow, brown, this is fair. We're not going to build our state according to a few people based on color this is where we're going to get on that slippery slope and things are going to go to hell in a handbasket i just clean it up right right and so when you know when people told me you need to talk to phil talk to phil i heard nothing but good things i heard absolutely nothing good nothing bad about phil London. i mean there's only one person that's been on my show that i really dislike 
and I won't mention his name. My yeah. next is going to be Spencer Cox if he ever gets brave enough, because yeah. that's the person. I, yeah, he needs to come on your show, dude. He, 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 he. I'll keep it real. I'll, I'll be quiet. But so let me ask you something, Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, are you up for election this year? Yeah. So before we forget, where can people get in touch with you? The vote uh, for you. Go fund me. What have you got? Uh, well, on my website, uh, LimanforUtah.com. Um, it's got all my bills and all my narrative and all that stuff. You can't raise money during the session. I can't, you know, right. I can't ask for donations during the session. Which I think is also weird because it's kind of a free That is kind of weird because you're going to be doing wants, it anyway. Yeah, if someone well, wants to vote with their pocketbook, they should be able to do it any time of the year. But, but yeah, you can't raise money during the session. But for, for me in my in my district, it's all about information. You know, people know what what I'm what I'm doing, and and I do work my guts out uh, on these issues. And then go on my website; they can look at it, see the bills that I'm running, see the the newsletters and things like that. It's probably the best the best place. And hey, Black America. He doesn't support CRT either. No, I do not. He does I, not. That's right. He does not support CRT. That's called critical race theory. <laughs> it's a critical race joke, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but so I wanted to get that in there before we 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 we've got about uh, 20 minutes, 18 minutes. So my next question yeah. to you now, as Utah representative, do you guys? How do I say this? Uh, well, let me, I'm, I'm going to reframe this. A lot of people that are a lot of representatives in Utah that are Republicans are not necessarily Republicans. Is there a challenge in Utah to get Republican slash conservative based bills passed in this state? Is it a challenge? Even though we, yeah, even though we're the majority in the in the House of Representatives, is this still a challenge? Big, a Be big careful. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is the diciest t- topic we've been on yet tonight. Be careful. <laughs> so so if you if you want to be popular, then you run as a Republican and you make sure you are passing bills that kind of satisfy the, the left so they don't come after you because the, the the Republicans are gonna vote Republican. For, for whatever reason, I mean, we're just we're just kind of trained that way. So so a lot of people will try to placate the left, make sure they don't make anybody mad, or if something comes that's controversial, they'll make sure they make a big statement, you know, in favor of you know transgender boys playing in girls' sports, or you know kids being able to get a, a you know a, a gender changing surgery at a young age, things like this. That is like uh, surely you don't really think that that's a good idea, but by supporting that, you're you're seen as, you know, really versatile, and you can go whichever direction the wind's blowing. And uh, and, and so yeah, when you bring up a, a solid bill, I mean, like my election bill, I I have had more attacks from Republicans on the election effort than than the left, you know, combined. So yeah. you know. Well, a lot of people don't realize that people that are not really into politics, but they, they declare Republican or conservative. You know, Utah has 75 representatives of those 75 Democrats. So theoretically, a Democrat should never, ever pass a bill in the state of Utah. 
but that's not often true because some of the Republicans, just like the, the U.S. House, we saw that happen with the one point, the infrastructure bill. We saw what happened there. Instead of Republicans letting Democrats fall on their face, we have to become part of that bill. And so then they get the highlight. It's a bipartisan bill. And I see the same thing here in Utah. I see, I, I, actually, I actually know of a bill just very, very recently, and that was the mandate bill. Not yeah, everybody was for yeah. that bill. Yeah. Not every Republican was for that bill. Well, it's interesting because, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, the liberals and the libertarians kind of meet on the, on the backside. And so I sit, I sit right next to the Democrats, and I have to say they're some of my favorite people. And I know where they, I know where they stand um, because ideologically we're different. And right. that, so it's like, God bless you. You know, you may be a bleeding heart liberal, you know, God bless you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, but they're, they're usually very sincere. Usually with, if they run something, it's because they, they truly believe that. Whereas a lot of times when you're in that middle ground and people are, are supporting a bill that they wouldn't normally support, but they need to for political purposes, that's where I lose. That's where I lose my uh patients and i and also wanted to say you know all my colleagues i respect them i respect that they're serving i respect that they've run for office but yeah we've got i always say we've got two parties in utah the, the republicans and the rhinos and uh and and that's the, and that's, that's the two-party system we've got i mean i because i i've been in utah for i lived in utah now for 26 27 years you know when i first come to this came to the state i think the mayor then was didi cordini i think it was didi yeah and uh, but I've watched the state become softer, soft, fading towards purple. Um, and and then when I learn more about the system, how the voting goes here in Utah, I'm thinking, what the hell? Are we letting liberals become Republicans or moderates that lean to the right? I mean, to the left, become Republicans now. And is this how we lose our state? Because if you think about something, look at Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has been blue for a long time. Yeah. But if you notice one thing about Salt Lake City, Phil, they're not bringing in new businesses. They're bringing in apartment buildings. Right. I call it the beehive for liberals. <laughs> That's literally what they're doing. All the big construction yeah. for his commercial is in Lehigh. Right. Right. They either build a hotel here or they're building apartment complex. I mean, they built so many apartment complexes in the last three years. It's crazy. Well, the thing, the thing about going liberal, you know, you could, you could say, well, hey, what's so bad about that? We all, you know, learn to get along and kind of a strange society. But then you start implementing some of those policies that, that don't promote production, that don't promote you know, working, don't promote these things. And after a while, you get a society that just is not functioning the way it should be. I had a, a lady down at one of the conferences I had. She came up because she's an environmentalist. And she said, uh, well, hey, my son makes a really good living by taking people out on the river and showing them around. And I said, hey, that's an idea. Maybe we could all make a living by showing each other around. And she said, you really could. And I said, no, you really couldn't. At some point, someone's got someone's to produce something, you know. Someone's got to put food on the shelves. And, but, but 
honestly, you, you hear some of the discussions and people really do think that you can borrow indefinitely. You know, it'll just be inflation, but inflation can be managed. So, uh, but they never think about, well, at some point, somebody's got to, you know, get off their butt and go to work and actually produce something. If, if you want to have, want to have a, you know, a good, a good existence. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, this, this liberal stuff, it, it runs out of gas really soon. You know, a lot of these guys are, you know, anti-capitalist and they don't yeah. realize right. capitalism works. This is the reason why we have some of our poorest people are wealthier than, you know, 30% of the people in the country around the world, excuse me. Yeah. And they don't understand why is that. So, yes, we have programs, we have entitlement programs such as welfare, you know, yeah, part of it, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's a form of socialism. I truly believe that it's a form of socialism. And people get trained on this socialistic behavior of certain elements of the government. But even those on welfare, you can make uppers, I think the number was anywhere from 48000 to $54,000 if you implement it in your life as a bum, all the programs that the uh, federal government can give you. Yeah. That's what we call living in a hog in a ghetto, brother. Well, so, I, so it went out to this street taco place, uh, stopped by. It was about 11 o'clock at night, and this really nice girl comes and waits on me. And when she came, you know, brought the order back, I said, how, so how long are you, how late do you stay? She said, I'm here till 4 a.m. And uh, smile on her face, happy, working, um, young mother. And I thought, you know, you probably, you'd probably rather be home. You'd probably rather not be doing this. And, and she's not making a ton of money. And if the alternative was, well, or I could just stay home and do absolutely nothing and still pay my bills and, you know, or, or get food stamps and even you know, get, buy three times the food I can get if I'm paying for it myself. And that's what we've got. You know, when Joe Biden says, if you want people to go back to work, pay them more. It's like, no, they're going to, if you can not work, and survive, it's not a bad, it's not a bad gig if you get it. You know? And that's kind of what we've bad created. Gig. Yeah. And let's not forget Joe Biden's an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. Well, he did, whisper. Man would, huh? he did whisper. He did whisper it when he said pay them more. So. Yeah, he's that dude is an idiot. <laughs> that, uh, so let yeah. me get, let me get your quick take on Ukraine and Russia. Any thoughts on that? Well, Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine is a wealthy, wealthy piece of ground with, with uranium and coal and lithium and helium. And it reminds me a lot of San Juan County, which is similar. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's no wonder that the world, you know, says, hey, maybe we could just take it. Maybe they could just take this away from them. Uh, and, and to say that, you know, that no one would do that. Well, Russia's already said, yeah, we'll do it. We'd, we'd love to <laughs> we'd love to come and take it. So. So on a world stage, when you're looking at, you know, Russia and the Ukraine, um, we're, we're talking about land, uh, all of the issues that affect us here, especially in the West. We're talking about land, minerals, production, who, who can tell who, what, you know, who's in charge. And uh, so I, I don't know if you got something else with Ukraine, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a taking over there. You think is there actually going to be a war? You think there actually there's a well, I think there's a good chance we'll be in a war. You know, he said he was removing some of his troops away from the border. 
But well, he also said that when he took over Crimea too. When he took over Crimea, he says, "Well, no, we're not going to attack them." <laughs> Three days later, he hit him. Yeah. Well, Vladimir Putin's—he's—he uh, is—he's uh, a force to be reckoned with. You know, he—he—it's not all talk with him. No, there's a lot of there's right. a lot of action. He is—he's a powerful leader when he decides he's going to do something. And it's kind of like I think in one of those UN meetings, he. He made a joke about, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to tell you all what I'm going to do here. It's like, of course, he's not going to tell the United States what he's doing. It's, it, no. it's not, you can ask him, but he's not going to pipe in and say, well, yeah, we, we're thinking about invading, but we're going to put it off for a couple of weeks. It's like, that's you know, he's smarter <laughs> than that. He's, Speaking he's of smart, China, China, what's your thoughts on China? That's a big problem for the United States well, in itself. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's. This is when your chickens come home to roost, you know. It's like we've been feeding this this uh, dysfunction in China for a very, very, very long time, and uh, and they know what they're doing. You know, they they're playing a game of chess, and we're playing a game of checkers when it comes to, to China. And again, I have a little bit of respect for people who ha- who can employ that kind of strategy. I think I think they had a huge fact, a huge uh, role to play in our elections. And I think why would you why would you go and you know, spend a trillion dollars to take over a country if you could do it for a couple of billion. And why would you? Why would you not fund these environmental groups to shut down the industry in a country if that's what you want to have happen? So, China's smart. Uh, they they cheat a lot. Uh, and so yeah, China's going to be China's going to be a big issue. I was looking at a documentary on China and some recent documentary, and they were talking about speaking on their military. For every one submarine, for every one battleship. We have, they have ten. Wow! For they're everyone, opening, go ahead. Yeah, they're they're opening a coal a coal plant a week. They got fifty nuclear plants uh, online. Energy is energy is power. You know, you 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 get cheap energy for a, for a society, and there's a lot you can do with with cheap uh, electricity. He also, I mean, and then another statistic was for every one nuclear warhead warhead that we have. They have 64. Wow. Because these guys were all, you know, they were part of NATO, former NATO um, leaders, war specialists. One of the other things, somebody at, at the round table said, do you think America can beat uh, China? And they said, uh, no. Then they said if China and Russia was to get together. And then it's a bad problem for the United States. Because you got to remember, Taiwan is what China wants right now. So it's going to be interesting in the last couple, next couple of weeks. Sure actually, is, tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow yeah. actually is supposed to be interesting. What's going on tomorrow? Tomorrow is supposed to be one of Putin's deadlines. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow be, is. Yeah, if this had happened uh, organically, I guess you'd say maybe that's maybe that's the way things go. But when when you when the United States has deliberately, you know, handed over their their position of power and that's a sad that's a sad commentary on, on who we are and what motivates us let's go brandon exactly <laughs> <laughs> but man i john i i love your i love your speeches that you've given it's it's like being in a really hot spot and feeling this cool breath of fresh air coming across and uh, so so thanks for your what you're what you're doing it changes things well i try well, I feel like I got 30 seconds before I can wrap this thing up. I feel I enjoy talking to you. 
I, I really did. You. Thank you. And uh, we yeah. need to hang out and get this done again. And hopefully I'll see you at some of the events. Yeah, um, yeah we got we'll put to We'll put this up tonight and then we'll put your link up, how people can get in touch with you. And um, But I want to thank you again. And uh, my name is John Harvey. I'm your host of Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you all.